When a celebrity is about to give a speech, the person introducing them typically says, this person needs no introduction. The people I intend on interviewing with this podcast will need an introduction. The people I will interview are not celebrities, they're just my friends. What I intend to do on this podcast is interview ordinary people who I believe are having an extraordinary impact on their local communities. The artwork for this podcast says, I want to change the block. In a world of over 7 billion people, the likelihood of you being a world changer are quite slim. But the possibility of you making a significant impact in your neighborhood is incredible. This podcast is for ordinary people who want to have an extraordinary impact in their communities. You don't have to be a CEO of a nonprofit. You don't need to have a large social media following. And you don't need to have a lot of money. All you need is compassion towards people and an idea worth trying. My name is Nathan Farley, and I will be your host. In the following episodes, I will interview some of my friends who are making an impact in their communities. Maybe you'll be inspired to do the same thing in yours. Let's stop trying to change the world, and let's start trying to change the block. In this first episode, I'll be interviewing my friend Laura Green, who is the expert on hospitality. Enjoy. I need to give a disclaimer before you start this episode. While Laura and I were recording, our Wi-Fi got a little bit off sync, and for about four minutes in this episode, I'm about three seconds ahead of her answers. It's going to sound like towards the end of her answer, I start the next question. I promise that's not how it actually was, but the audio is a little bit messed up. But if you endure it for about four minutes, it will correct itself. Thanks so much, and enjoy. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay, that's perfect. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> nice. This is going in the bloopers. Can you hear me now? Can Good. You me now? <laughs> can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> you should start with it out for me. Do however you would do it. <laughs> I'd probably say... Well, hey, so good to have you here on my podcast today, Nathan. <laughs> let's talk about hospitality. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> well, welcome okay. to the podcast, Change the Block. I am interviewing my friend, Laura Green. Laura, what's going on? Introduce yourself. Well, hey, <laughs> my name is Laura. Um, not really sure what to say. Um, I live in Columbus, Georgia. I moved here about a year ago, which is kind of crazy to think about. It has almost been a year. Um, I'm a Spanish teacher here. That's why I moved here. And it is so much fun. So that's kind of okay. my world. So the first question I have for you, Laura, is this. How would you define hospitality? Wow. I feel like that is such a big question. Um, <laughs> well, I think in my own words, like I definitely do have a lot of other definitions just from other people that have kind of influenced me and have inspired me. But in my own words, I would say that hospitality is using the resources and the gifts that God has given you to love and to serve and invite people in, fellow believers and strangers, so that they might eventually come to know the hospitality and kindness of God and inviting us in while we were still sinners. Wow. So Wow, that's, <laughs> that's really good. You said that you've been influenced by some people. So who has influenced you the most when it comes to hospitality? Wow. Um, well, I have a few, so I hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So I would think that's something that kind of got me started 
and interested and curious about hospitality was my freshman year at Liberty. I had RAs that were just amazing and um, they really invited me in. They showed me what it's like to love everybody, (laughs) to love people Mm. um, from all over. I mean, that's the first time that I left home. So it was really cool to just be invited in even into their room and just feel loved and known. Um, Another big Mm. influence that I have is my, my sophomore year roommate. She really has such a beautiful story. Um, her and her twin sister and then their younger brother, they were actually adopted by a family. They now live in um, Boone, North Carolina, and their last name is Andrews. And I just like would go home with them for breaks and I would just see like <laughs> what it looks like to live in a family that has been like, that has adopted someone, but has like fully mm. accepted them and loves them. And it was just truly a picture of the gospel to me. Like, this is what adoption yeah. looks like as a son or daughter of God, because I feel like it, I, I just feel like it was displayed so well to me. Um, mm. And like, not even them just like showing that within their own family relationship. But like, to me, even being there for a couple weekends, you know, um, throughout my time at Liberty was just so shaping to me. Uh, I think it really changed mm-hmm. my life. So, um, and then a couple other things that have really influenced me, I would just say, Matt Chandler's sermon. I think you actually sent it to me, Nathan. Um, yes. And I listen to it all the time. Um, it's <laughs> hospitality and the greatest story ever told. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. that sermon is amazing. And then, of course, Rosaria Butterfield, which we've talked about her a lot. Um, yes, she, has, she is the hospitality guru. Yes, yeah. She is really the one that you should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't accept my phone call, so. <laughs> But um, her book, The Gospel Comes with the House Key, um, and just her yeah, story awesome. is so just let amazing. Let me ask you so. uh, three true or false questions about hospitality, okay? So the first one is, does okay. well, the first one is, hospitality requires a big house. True or false? False. <laughs> well, I, when I think of hospitality, like I kind of mentioned before, I think of using your resources, the resources given to you by God to love and serve mm. other people. So that could be your dorm room, your two bedroom apartment or a house with plenty of space. I think it doesn't matter to people where yeah. you're loving and serving them. It just matters that you're loving them. Um, and I know like in, in second Corinthians nine, this verse just really gets me every time. It just talks about us being enriched mm. much so that we can be generous in many ways. And I think that just takes looking at it like, well, I think I really have been enriched yeah. in many ways, just being able to have this dorm room, like, you know, so I don't think it, it matters the size by any means. I think it just matters that okay. you're using the okay. things so that are that given to you responsibly, to no matter where that is. requires a lot of money, mm-hmm. which I assume I know your answer now. Yeah, no, I don't think it requires a lot of money at all. I think that I like, I would have said maybe if you asked mm-hmm. me, a couple years ago that that is true because I think that our culture has made hospitality. Like, I feel like it kind of hijacked it a little bit. Like it's made it this picture of a woman standing at a door <laughs> yes. with an apron and a fresh baked apple pie, like, you know, and it's like, come on in, like, you know, and it's, it has to be this big five course meal mm. and fine wine. And I don't think it looks like that. I think it, it means yeah. sharing your life with people and it looks like real life. Um, so I think it, you know, it, it even takes, you know, like looking at your friend and saying, Hey, I want to really be able to use this that I have. So hospitality is only reserved for women. False. (laughs) Um, well, I think like 
I said, I think that our culture really does make it seem like it is like this big, like, like a woman, you know, like making all this great food in the kitchen. But I think for a man, it can look like opening up your couch for a friend to crash for a few days yeah. or just inviting someone over and not really worrying about the details. Uh, you and I both come from Liberty University uh, and we've both lived on a dorm for many years. And our dorm experience wasn't like the Taj Mahal living with uh, this nice kitchen, this nice <laughs> bathroom. I mean, we lived in a long hallway <laughs> with 70 people that shared bathrooms. Uh, the only thing that was in our room was yeah. bunk beds, mm-hmm. a desk, and a sink. <laughs> I mean, so we're talking about you don't have much to work with here, right? Um, so I want to talk about hospitality in the dorm room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I guess the first question I want to ask is, you were an RA while you were on campus. Um, so the first question is just, what are the responsibilities mm-hmm. of an RA? And what role does hospitality play in that? Yeah, so I was an RA for three years at Liberty. It was a lot of fun. It really was. Um, There are a lot of, there's a lot of administration stuff Mm. that you have to do, like a a lot of paperwork, you know, like making sure that people are following the rules, making sure that girls are on the hall by curfew, (laughs) you know, dress code is enforced and all of that stuff. Um, but there were a lot of fun things too. I had the responsibility of pouring into girls and meeting up with Mm -hmm. them and checking in on them and just making sure that they're doing good. Um, but I also had the privilege of planning hall events and working with the brother dorm too. I know that's how we even met. So, um, hospitality, I think is, plays a ginormous role in the, in the job of an RA because from day one, my job is to make students feel safe and welcomed on the hall that they'll be living on for an entire year. So like, I think it starts day one, Mm -hmm. you know, like with a smile. (laughs) I mean, they're so nervous. You're like, you know, really having to make them, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like, you know, you really just want to make them feel like they can fit in here and that they're really going to have a great time. So So I think, I I think it's everything. Do you remember when you first as a freshman moved into Liberty University? (laughs) What was that experience like for you? Cause I'll, (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, it was. Oh, it was terrifying. (laughs) I remember shaking, like being so nervous. Um, And I (laughs) packed way too much stuff. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) But the most incredible thing, like despite being nervous, I think that, you know, they have it set up for you as a freshman that like, you know, you pull your car up to your dorm room and your it's stuff is unloaded into your dorm room in like five minutes. Like before you can even blink <laughs> yes. or get out of your yes. car. Like your I remember when I in, first, you know, my parents drove me on the campus. I'm in the back seat. We park our car and then a mass horde of students surround our car and just ask, what can I carry? And I just remember being overwhelmed. Oh, I was like, who are these people and why are they being so nice to me? <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Gosh, she most your, definitely your was. Your mom was probably <laughs> crying too, right? <laughs> okay, so we talked about hospitality <laughs> and how important it is, but what does it look like in a tiny dorm room, right? Like, I mean, how can you be hospitable when you have a tiny room mm. with a sink and a mirror? What does that look like? Right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of was thinking about this, trying to process this, like, yeah. You know, what were the big things and what were the little things? I think that our mm-hmm. lives, like, are made up of, like, a lot of small decisions, you know? Like, it, it takes, like, making a decision today that will eventually, you know, turn into a big thing tomorrow. So I think a lot of the little things that I did were, like, mm. 
you know, like keeping my door open when I knew I was on the hall, like for, for people that says like, okay, she's there and she's open for me to just walk in there and have a conversation with her, you know, like an open door means the world to someone. Um, I think like being intentional about things, like making time during curfew checks to pick a specific room and check in with also like questions about their day, seeing what it's new and it's like, boy, did you pass today? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I think like, you know, being intentional, you're going to reach out, being willing to be interrupted, you know, like, um, and I mean, ultimately this is, you know, not our own life. So we can offer it freely to people in that way with the little things. Um, yeah. I think like offering a ride to Walmart for food that, you know, like I just c- can imagine right now, even like thinking about freshmen, like going through the pedestrian tunnel and like walking over the bridge and going <laughs> yes. to Walmart. And it just like makes me want to cry. <laughs> Cause I'm like, no, like get in my car, please. I will take you. Yes. So I think like, it's a lot of little things that add up to okay, we're having a hall event next week. Like, I would love for you to come because then they feel comfortable and they're not overwhelmed with 70 people, um, you know, being there. Other things that were like really important is like, we did something on our hall every week and this is just something to be consistent with Mm -hmm. is like, I would brew a pot of coffee. We called it Java Hour. Hmm. And um, I would get the Keurig out and I would just open the door and like, girls would start smelling the coffee and I would post it on the Facebook page announce it at hall meeting. And it was just something consistent that girls knew like, okay, Thursday night, like I can go into the RA's room and we're just going to be able to talk and chill. And like, it was just the most incredible thing to be able to look around the room and seeing people talk and like seeing all those little baby steps, like pay off to this moment where a girl feels comfortable to walk into my room, grab a cup of coffee and just start talking to other girls on the hall. That is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it makes you realize that hospitality maybe isn't this giant one-time event that you host a Christmas party at, but maybe hospitality mm-hmm. is just buying some essential oils so your room doesn't smell so bad, right? Like it's, <laughs> yes. it's what can I do? What small steps can I take today so that people want to be in my room tomorrow? And it's, it's, wow. it's not yeah. that expensive. It's not that hard. It's, it's just being considerate and, and having that open door where people know, like, I can go here. And even consistently on Thursday nights to get coffee with Laura. I mean, you just need some mugs. You can go to Goodwill or a yard sale for that. <laughs> and, and you need a cure right. right? Like, that's, that's not hard to do. So, okay. part two. <laughs> what advice <laughs> would you give to the person who's going to be an RA for the very first time next year and feels completely overwhelmed with the task ahead of them? <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> I, let me just say, I can relate to that for sure. Um, I can remember me just like the summer before I was going to be an RA, like I was just overwhelmed really with the thought of the task at, at hand. Cause it is a big deal. Like it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of weight. Um, and I just remember thinking like, can I really do something like this? Like, do they know who I am? You know, like, do they know who they hired? Like, I'm not really sure about this. Um, but I, I would just say, like, if you're concerned about whether you can do it or not, like, you can't, like, mm. God will equip you for it. Like, he's put you in this position for a reason. And it's not your own, like, doing that he, like, he did not give this to you because you deserved it, right? Like, yeah. he, he is, like, being gracious to you and giving you, like, this ministry. So I guess my advice really would be, like, to lean on the, on the Lord and dig deep into his word. Look for ways that you can serve people. Be available, open your door, be willing to be interrupted. Um, But most of all, do not depend on yourself. 
and make yes. sure that you're <laughs> spending time with the Lord. Like, that's the biggest thing is that like, you will think that you can do it all yourself. You will think that your door should be open every second. You're on the hall, you know, like you should be there. And that's something that I'm really bad at. And I think that's something that like really was like kind of confusing for me when I read the gospel comes with the house key. Cause I'm like, Oh gosh, how do I have a pot of soup on my stove every day? Like how am I supposed to do <laughs> yes. something like that? But I think like it really does look different for everyone. Like, you might think that your door should be open every second you're on the hall, but like it shouldn't be, it looks different for everybody. So if it's better for you, like set time frames that you'll be on the hall and your door will be open and you'll be available. You know, those are some more practical steps. Like, okay, you're saying like be available, but like, what does that practically look like? I think it, yeah. it looks like looking at your schedule and figuring out what works for you and then being consistent and being, being true to that, you know? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So now I'd like to go to the second part of hospitality in the home, which it's typically what people probably imagine hospitality of. Mm -hmm. They don't imagine it can happen in a dorm room, but they imagine it happens in a kitchen, right? So right. I guess the, the question I'd have is how, once you moved out of the dorm and into an apartment, like what changed about the ways you showed hospitality and what stayed the same? So yes, I moved off campus my last year at Liberty. Um, and I did share that apartment with two roommates. We all actually moved in as good friends. So I think helpful because we had talked before we moved into that apartment, like, okay, we want people to, you know, walk into our apartment and feel loved. And we want them to leave with full hearts, full stomach. Like, <laughs> yes. We want them to know that we have like an open door. We want it to be a place of refuge and warmth for people. Mm -hmm. Um, even students, you know, who were, who were living on campus, like you feel like you're living like sometimes, you know, a really cold, small room. So like yes. we wanted our door to be open. So, um, I think it, I would say that it changed because, um, I had more recess, more resources than I did before. Like, like you said, I just had a sink in my dorm room. Um, mm -hmm. but like we had a kitchen so I could have people over for meals. We had a pull out couch. So we had plenty of people use our home for a place to stay for the night. And mm. we were, we, we weren't, we weren't like bound by curfew anymore. So people could come over and we didn't have to really kick them out. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank you. Liberty university. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it just felt a lot more free in like my own. So I really felt like it could have a little bit more of like personality, if you will. Like, I know it kind of sounds weird, um, but yeah. I could do a lot more. Um, mm. I would say that it stayed the same in a sense of like, the goal was still the same. Like, I want people to come in and to feel like they are loved and to know that they're loved and to just like have a place to go. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if that's people ultimately to know that they are loved and accepted by the Lord, then like, you know, my goal should really be the same. Yeah. Um, I, I do have like my favorite thing that we did yeah, um, what's that? at the apartment. It was a blast. I know that you were, <laughs> you are a little bit more introverted and my work friends are crazy, Nathan. So <laughs> yes, they are. I know that when, <laughs> so I know that when you try to hang for what we called waffles and secrets, you didn't stay for long, but you did get to see a little bit of it. <laughs> I did. I um, did. <laughs> but Nathan, you actually bought me a waffle iron. It was double sided. Um, yes. 
and that was actually something that really allowed us to like kind of have a platform a little bit of something to like do Mm. um to invite people into our house um but yeah our my coworkers they would come over every Wednesday night and we did something called waffles in secret so I would make them waffles and then we would sit around my table um and we would just ask a question so like some weeks you know like it would be a little bit you know like a fun question other weeks though like be a deeper question we really have great discussion so it was something mm. that was really simple that we did but it and, you know and all it took was just making some some waffle mix and inviting people over wow so one of the so, big steps is just go buy a waffle maker and <laughs> invite your coworkers over yeah that's so hey cool. that's it <laughs> so let me ask you what is the most challenging part about being hospitable with your home because i know right now it sounds awesome like let me go buy the waffle right. maker. let me invite all my friends but like, what are some of the challenges of being hospitable that you've encountered? Yes. So that's a great question. So definitely my selfishness, I would say, um, man, mm. it's just like, you know, some days I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't really want people to come over, honestly. Like, you know, I'm a pretty extroverted yeah. person. And by the way, you don't have to be extroverted to be hospitable, but like, you know, like I just, I kind of want a night on my own. And like, I think that's important. Yeah. Like it's important to set boundaries, of course. But like when there are times that you definitely are able and you're just being selfish, I mean, that's me, something I have to fight all the time. It's like, I just want to hang out with a couple of my friends. or I want to hang out with one person and just come over and like, you know, but like there are so many opportunities for us to invite people in despite our selfishness. So I think it just really mm-hmm. like some days I, I was tired and like, I didn't want to do it. And I just, I just was yeah. done with it really. Um, and don't get what I'm don't like hear what I'm not saying. Like, I think that's good to like have your own time and to really recharge and rest. But yes. I think like selfishness definitely gets in the way um, because we want to be mm-hmm. comfortable. Truly. I mean, like, yeah. I don't I don't know that I always want to be sitting around the table with people having conversations that make me feel uncomfortable sometimes. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so my own comfort, my own comfort really gets in the way. Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you this. The flip side of that question is what is the most rewarding part about being hospitable with your home? Hmm. Wow. Well, I would say the most rewarding part is seeing the fruit of it. Now, I don't think that we always get to see the fruit of our labor, which is kind of hard. Unfortunate. (laughs) It's unfortunate because it's like, what am I working for y'all? Like we just have to work knowing that the Lord is working and you know, Like, we just have to, like, be willing, knowing that the Lord is behind it working, whether we get to see it or not. Um, But, you know, so I think it's rare to see the fruit. But I know that the Lord, like, would give me glimpses just to see, like, what he was doing. And it just made everything Mm -hmm. worth it. Um, Even just as an example of this would be seeing, like, some of my friends who I'd have. It's kind of to share about their past and not be as open in discussion by the end of the time, you know, with them. Um, by the time I moved and leaving that apartment, but it was a night and day, you know, like seeing people warm up and just seeing them say like, listen, like, this is my past. Like, this is where the Lord brought me from. And I'm so grateful that like, he has brought me to a place where I'm able to share this and just see like the work that he's doing in my life. Like praise God for what he has done in my life. And like around this table, like being able to share this with y'all. So it was just a really sweet gift to see that. So, Um, so good. The, there are challenges to hospitality, <laughs> yeah. but there is a great reward that uh, that sometimes takes time to yes. see. So don't get discouraged if a month in you're thinking this seems like a waste of time. Um, but but yeah. there is there is fruit from it. That's so good. So the final topic I'd like to talk about 
is hospitality in the classroom. Uh, you mentioned that you are a Spanish <laughs> teacher, and I, I know that because I followed this Instagram account, it's of, of your Spanish <laughs> teacher-focused Instagram account. So your students follow you on there, and you are hysterical on there. Um, I mean, I, I actually went through your stories today because I was thinking, I knew I was going to interview you. And one of the things I saw is that you told the kids, if you were tardy to class one more time, you'd buy them donuts. And then, then like a few days later, <laughs> the kids are literally blocking the door so that you cannot get into the classroom because they wanted donuts. And then the next day comes and you bought them all Krispy Kreme donuts. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yes, Nathan, they were, gosh, yeah. That's so good. So let me ask you this. How have you incorporated hospitality into your classroom? Wow. Yeah. So let me just say first, I love my students. They are amazing. Like yes. they have made my first year, they made my first year of teaching a gift. Like it was wow. just a blast. Um, but yeah, so hospitality in the classroom, geez, I guess like, there's so much to say. Um, I really like as a first year teacher had to navigate through a lot of things that I did not anticipate. And I think it was because of my personality, really, like, I always want people to feel welcomed in. And I want to use what I have to serve those around me. But I think it looks different being a teacher. Um, so I definitely like learned a lot this year with that. So um, in my classroom, I've done a few things that have worked for me and that I really was able to yield even a little bit of fruit with. Um, one is greeting them when they walk in. I know that seems something like, that seems like so small, mm. but I mean, this can make or break a day for a student. Like you might be the only one who said good morning to them. And you might be the only one to like genuinely ask how they are doing. Yeah. Um, and I get to be that one sometimes and love them in that way. Mm. Kind of hard to believe that I have that privilege. Um, gosh but two I, I and I think to them like to have a teacher who shares life with them is a big deal to see that you're not just some person who lives at school and teaches Spanish is, is good for them to see um of course there are boundaries and things like I have to set I can't share everything with them like I, but I do try to be honest with them about life and share with them how the Lord is working and what he's teaching me so I think that means like answering questions that they have for me honestly and like, just knowing that like, I'm free to be vulnerable and real with them in a way that still protects me as their teacher and doesn't like cross the line at all. Um, I think also like, I kind of have mentioned this before, but I think I've learned that I really have to be willing to be interrupted. And I think that's the overarching theme here with hospitality is like, you know, you have to be willing to, to not have your way. You have to be willing to not be comfortable um, God help now, us if you're all. you're two on the Enneagram, which, <laughs> don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> Do not go crazy with this. But I will have my students ask me, like, Miss Green, I just need a quiet place. Can I come and get work done in here during your free period? And that is just a way that I can show them that I care for them. Like, I'll have others who will come in during our break time or stay after class or come in in the morning to talk to me. And it's kind of funny, like they'll walk in sometimes and they'll just start staring at something on my wall. <laughs> like they haven't seen it a hundred times before. Yes. And that's how, you know, they want you to start a conversation with them. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> like I might really want to go get a snack right then. And I might really want to get out of the classroom for a minute. 
but staying to engage them and to love them by talking to them means a lot to them. It also provides opportunities for the next time when they need someone to talk to you. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways, all these interactions build on one another. Um, So for them to know that you're there just to say hi to them, and then for them to know that you're there to ask them how their day is, and then, you know, maybe you'll have the privilege of being there when they're yeah. really like wow. down and that's at their all lowest so point. good so, I mean, they say that um, the sweetest yeah. word in anyone's vocabulary that they hear is their own name so standing outside a door and just greeting them and saying their name saying good morning mm, isaac wow. or good morning uh sally or whatever that may be like we think okay that <laughs> seems really insignificant but that really does make an impact. I mean, I think the first step yeah. in hospitality is knowing someone's name, yeah. which can be a really significant challenge for some of us, right? Like I am mm. always struggling to remember someone's name, um, but it yeah. is a, it's, a, it's a key to letting someone know that they're known, loved, and celebrated. Yes. It's by knowing their name. Uh, that, is, that is so good. Um, mm. So final yeah. question as we wrap up with hospitality in the classroom. Um, let's say you're talk. someone's listening to this podcast who is about to be a teacher for the very first time. They're absolutely terrified. They, they think that they're going to get eaten alive on the first day <laughs> of school. And they're sitting here thinking, okay, Laura, please, please, please tell me, how do I survive my first year of teaching? What would you say? <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. You might be surprised by my answer. Um, but I just feel like I have learned so much this year that like, I, you know, just being able to reflect on it this summer has been interesting for me. So, you know, being like, just with my personality, like I do want people to feel okay and like safe. And I think a lot of times, like that's easy to do, like inviting people into my home, but like being a teacher is, it just looks different. I mean, you're their teacher at the end of the day. And like, you were hired to, to, Hmm. to teach them like from, in my case, like it's Spanish, you know? So like, I think that like, you just have to know that like, you're like where the Lord has placed you now is to teach them. And, and that means like doing what you're called to being faithful to being a good teacher to them and thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm not here just to be liked by them, like, or to earn their approval. And like, that's kind of hard to hear because you're like, what? Like, I want to be the favorite teacher. Like I want to be the one who all the students come to. But at the end of the day, like God has placed you to be their teacher. And that means them learning from you, learning how you set boundaries, learning how you um, interact with them. So my number one, I guess my piece of advice would just be to be faithful to what the Lord has called you and being their teacher, do it well and love them through it. So like, I, I, get, I, get, I hope that helps. I mean, it's kind of been like surprising. Yeah to like come to that conclusion for me just because I want to be the one who's liked and loved by them, but I need to be their teacher. And I, I want them to respect me and to, and to learn from me in that way and to know what it looks like to do a good job. I think the the huge lesson there is that hospitality isn't just people pleasing, (laughs) which I think it can be really easy to assume that's true. They're like, okay, if I'm being hospitable, then everyone loves me and everyone likes me. Um, but that's not always the case. Like hospitality is you're my neighbor and I will love you uh, as I love myself, as Christ commanded. And and loving kiddos sometimes means setting boundaries, <laughs> you know, and and I think that that's really, really good. Um, hospitality wow. is yeah. not people pleasing. Um, that's so, so good. Wow. Well, thank you, Laura, <laughs> for being the very first person to be yeah. interviewed on Change the Block. I'm very happy you could do it. Oh my gosh. Of course. Thank you for asking me. I was like, 
Nathan, this is incredible. And like, I'm, yeah, I'm just excited to see how this goes. And I'm excited to listen to what everybody else has to say. Um, thank you for like being willing to just put yourself yes, out there yes. and, and well, do something like thank this. Thank you so much for amazing. listening to the very first episode of Change the Block. I will talk to you all later.